Welcome to the latest episode of the Odds On Podcast, your home of football and sports betting. My name's Dan Tracy and for the next 45 minutes I'm joined by two top guests as we dissect all the numbers, look for the value and find those long shots before this weekend's football action. As I say, it's not just me on the show today, so before we start waxing lyrical about wagers, let's get the introductions out of the way. First up, I'm joined by James Caps. James, it's a pleasure to have you on the show again. How have you been this past week? Yes, very good, thank you all. Although no extravagant Amazon purchases to report this week, I'm afraid. Alas. Well, last but certainly not least is Jamie Brown. Jamie, I bet the mood is a little better after last week's show, and I expect it's because of that dramatic 3-2 win for Spurs at the Etihad. Yeah, I mean, look, that's just typical Spurs, isn't it? To go and lose those two matches against Wolves and Southampton and then to kind of bounce back with like a, an unbelievable win at Manchester City. Um, I can't quite believe that Spurs have become Man City's bogey team, really. So, yeah, I'm obviously buzzing after that, that performance and uh, looking forward to getting to another show of uh, looking ahead to all the week's action. OK, that's all the intros out of the way, so let's get down to business. And of course, before we start, wherever you bet, check first with freebets.com your best place for offers, tips and insights. And from a social media point of view, if you're placing any bets this weekend, let us know via the Odds On podcast hashtag. And who knows, we may be discussing your winners on next week's show. Right, where should we start this week? Let's start with a small matter of the Carabao Cup final that takes place on Sunday. And James, with Chelsea going up against Liverpool this weekend, how do you see this one panning out? I think it's going to go the distance. Last couple of times these two have met, we've had draws. Liverpool have a couple of key injury absences as well, and Diego Jota and Bobby Firmino, Chelsea as well. They've got a few major doubts, and I think all of that is going to make for a pretty cagey game. We saw Chelsea in the Club World Cup that they tighten up somewhat in these big games, so I'm not predicting many goals under 2.5 is around the four to six mark, and a draw is 23 to 10. Could go either way after extra time and pens, of course, but can't see this one being decided in the 90. Jamie, it would be unfair just to get James's view on the Carabao Cup final this Sunday. So let's get your view as well. How do you think this one will pan out at Wembley? Yeah, do, do you know what? I'm, I was thinking exactly the same as James. That I do think this will go kind of all the way. Um, I think if you look at the form of two team of the two teams, uh, I think you'd ha- definitely have to favour Liverpool. However, having said that, if you look at kind of when Chelsea have been in the big moments, the big matches under Thomas Tuchel, they've done really well. Of course, it's a yet another final they've reached. Of course, uh, winning the Champions League, the Club World Cup, they got to FA Cup final. So when it's kind of got to those big moments, Tuchel's been really impressive, actually. So I think they'll definitely give Liverpool a good game. I do think Liverpool eventually will come out winners. Um, because as I said, I do think that they are just about the better team. But yes, I, I definitely can see this one going the distance because Chelsea, as I said, in, in those in those big matches under Tuchel, they've kind of always really impressed. And Tuchel, I think he's a fantastic um, tactically. I think he, he's such a great coach. So uh, yes, I definitely think this one will go the distance. And James, of course, Liverpool, they have momentum behind them, both home and abroad. Could a Wembley win prove the springboard to their title tilt? Well, I think I think the springboard moment probably already happened at the Etihad with Spurs taking all three points last weekend. Liverpool's destiny is in their hands now, but they have got a hell of a lot of work to do to clinch the title. But momentum certainly with them. If they win the game in hand as well, then we could well be looking at an Etihad title decider on April the 9th. But look, there's still a lot of football to be played between now and then. So, you know, your guess is as good as mine, mate. 
Well, if we stay on the topic of the springboard, Jamie, that's exactly what City have done in the past. The Carabao Cup has been their own plaything in years gone by. And when they win that, they usually find an extra gear in the final third of the season. So will Liverpool look at that and think, it's been done in the past, why can't we do the same? Yeah, I mean, look, it's it's obviously a trophy that Jurgen Klopp is yet to win. Liverpool themselves do have a very good record in it. I think they're eight-time winners and, and record holders of the competition. So, look, I think Klopp will definitely want to... He'll know the history of the club and he'll be desperate to add that trophy to, to the cabinet. But, yeah, I think it, it has, as you said, it's always been kind of that springboard to kind of motivate teams to go and win more trophies. So I think that definitely that'll be kind of a, a real springboard for, for either team if they can win it. I think the Chelsea, they do look like a team that may be a short of confidence at the moment. Of course, we saw they just about got the win at Crystal Palace. And uh, I, I think that if they can get the job done in the Carabao Cup final, that could be kind of the confidence they need, the confidence boost they need to, uh, to really kick on this season. Well, James, Man City will be watching this game of interest, as will everyone else, us included. So if we add them into the equation in terms of the title odds at the moment, at the time of recording, they are 1-5 to five on. They were 1-10, to 10, but obviously everything changed at the weekend. Are you still making them considerable favourites to win the title this season? Oh, absolutely. I don't think one poor result against Spurs really alters the fact that they've been the best side in the country by what is a fair distance this season. And the squad depth gives them a real edge at this time of the season as well, especially when Liverpool are still fighting on all four major trophy hunts. I'm not saying I'd bet on it because, look, a one-to-five bet on anything is probably not worth the bother, is it? But Liverpool's injuries likely to catch up with them and City have the quality on the bench to plug the gaps if they pick up any niggles of their own. So, yeah, or more behind City winning the title, I'm afraid. And, Jamie, back to Chelsea. You mentioned their win over Crystal Palace. That was something of a stutter. The Club World Cup was harder than it needed to be. You've got Romelu Lukaku looking immobile, shall we say. Seven touches against Crystal Palace. The lowest ever amount for anyone who's played 90 minutes in the Premier League. Is that going to be something of a concern for Thomas Tuchel? I know he dropped Lukaku in the Champions League football action on Tuesday night. Will it be the same at Wembley? Yeah, I, I think this is kind of the big reason why they've uh, really been slightly underwhelming in the title race this year is because they've really been missing that striker. I think last year their big concern in the Premier League certainly was was missing that, that that real goal scorer. And again, this year, Lukaku, he's just not been involved enough. And uh, seven, as you said, seven, just seven touches against uh, Crystal Palace was very poor. But it just feels as though the way they've used Lukaku has it's just not suited the way he is as a player. I think if you look at the way he was in, in Conte's system under uh, Inter Milan, he was a player who always got really involved. He'd drop deep, he'd get really involved in kind of build-up play. But as at Chelsea, he's really been become you know he's really been used as a, a, a you know a target man even, and and that just hasn't really suited his strength. I think Lukaku, I think he's got great technical attributes. You know, he, he's able to to uh, create play. He's able to run at defenders with pace and power. Um, and that's that's something that Lukaku works best at, but he's just not been able to get involved enough. And uh, I think Lukaku's kind of real lack of threat this this season has has certainly been been the main downfall for Chelsea um, because I, I just think having that you know having that lack of goals in their team has has really kind of killed them and and, and that real vocal point. So I think Lukaku's form has, has definitely been a big concern. Having said that, though, I, I think I was I've been slightly impressed when when Kai Havertz has, has taken up that false nine role. I think we saw it last night. He of course had even doubled the touches that Lukaku had against Palace in just the 10 minutes against Lille, in the first 10 minutes against Lille. So he, he, he's maybe a guy that might step up for Chelsea, but Lukaku's form has, has definitely been a big concern for them. So James, in terms of Lukaku, if we can label him a big game player, which I think he is, really, would you be backing him at all from a betting point of view? Let's say, I don't know, first goal scorer, anytime goal scorer, 
anything at all or not interested for the Belgium? Well, he's 11-4 to four or thereabouts to score in 90 minutes in the EFL Cup final, which I don't think is a too, too bad a price, really, for a number nine. And, you know, his, his form isn't terrible. He's scored in two of his last three and has 14 for the season for club and country. So there's much worse bets than him. Yes, he had a poor game against Palace, but pretty surprised that the media pile on over his lack of action at Selhurst Park, to be honest. I get the feeling that sections of the British media don't really want him to succeed in the Premier League due to the fact you know, he's done well elsewhere and there's also little bits and pieces that he's said in the past. And it's a shame, really, because ultimately he will leave Chelsea. I'm pretty sure of that when, in actual fact, when he's on song, he's a pretty perfect fall for the rest of the front line at Stamford Bridge. Well, it's just amazing that Lukaku is, shall we say, the next person in the Chelsea graveyard in terms of strikers. They've had so many big names. The list is eye-watering really long and the talent is world-class. You look at Shevchenko, Crespo, Torres, Higuain, Pato... Drogba, he's probably the only actual success. But then you've got Lukaku twice. And Jamie, in terms of left-field bets, there's always something on cup final day, something a bit more out of the blue or the red, shall we say, for this final. So what have you got for me in terms of something which might just take your interest and keep things interesting? So obviously, as I mentioned in that last piece, uh, I, I really fancy Kai Havertz to start again um, on on the cup, in the cup final. Of course, his, uh, you know he managed to get his goal last night. Um, so I'm going to go for Kai Havertz to score any time. I've got that 13 to five. Of course, you see, he scored in the Champions League final. Uh, he scored in the Club World Cup final. Scored the two winning goals. So he's been a player that's really stepped up in the big moments for Chelsea. Of course, he also made uh, made the difference last night by getting on the score sheet against Lille. Um, so as I said, Havertz, he's been a guy who's who stepped up in those big moments. And I've also got uh, Liverpool, uh, both teams to score and Liverpool to win at, at nine to two. So those would be kind of my two left field bets if I was to make one. A whole medley of bets on offer there. And don't forget, if any of those take your fancy this weekend for the Carabao Cup final, make sure you check out freebets.com for all the latest offers and enhanced odds as the first piece of major silverware will be awarded on Sunday. Right, where should we go next? Let's go to our long shot picks now because... Last week, let's get a klaxon going. I got one right. Yes, Watford, 5-1. to one. Hello, everyone. Yes, I don't know where that comes from, but as I said, all runs have to come to an end at some point, and Watford's did. So I'm going to give myself a huge pat on the back, but now it's time to earn our money once again because we have to do it this week and see what's on offer this weekend. So, James, I'll start with you. What's your long shot pick between 2-1 to one and 5-1 to one this weekend? Yeah, I'm actually going to go for Wolves to win at West Ham this weekend. The Hammers... Been a bit off in the last couple of weeks. Mikel Antonio's looking a little bit spent up front. Well, visitors are going great guns in a minute. And they're 3-1 to one to win this one. Wolves won the reverse at Molyneux 1-0. And, you know, well, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw some, something similar again this time around. So, Wolves win away at West Ham is 3-1. to one. Lovely stuff. And, Jamie, what have you got um, for me? OK, so for, so for my one, I've gone for Newcastle to, to win away at Brentford. I think Newcastle, they've obviously really been an upturn of form. Um, over recent weeks, they've, of course, got that impressive point away at uh, West Ham, which I think is, is always going to be a difficult place to go, given the West Ham side fighting for European places. So I kind of expect for Newcastle to keep up their good form. Um, and I think they'll beat uh, Brentford on the weekend. And that's I've got that at 19 to 10. It's an interesting choice. I'm going to go with Burnley because I know they played midweek against Tottenham and I know Palace also played midweek against Watford. So we can't really base my pick on what happens midweek. But I'm going to try and look back to last weekend because something doesn't quite seem right with Crystal Palace. I know they were very close to holding Chelsea, but now it's no win in six. Burnley are buoyant after that win up to Brighton, 3-0. Fantastic performance, one that they have deserved over the last couple of weeks. They've been knocking on the door. The door has now opened. And I just think at 3-1, to one, 
I think the momentum might just be there. Regardless of whether they win, lose or draw against Tottenham, I think they'll smell a win against Palace and I think they're going to take it. So 3-1 to one for Burnley to win is my long shot pick. And actually, that might be quite an interesting weekend of Premier League action. If it comes in, we're laughing. But let's move on because, as I say, Premier League action is on the agenda now. There's some Wednesday night football and, again, timing is going to just mean we miss out on that. However, don't worry because there's some Thursday night action. And once again... It's Arsenal versus Wolves. This time, it switched around. They did meet at Molyneux. They now meet at the Emirates. So, James, will it be the same outcome in terms of an Arsenal victory this midweek? Not too sure, to be honest. Arsenal have shown, of course, that they can beat Wolves. But Bruno Lage's men have good results in their locker. And they're perfectly set up to go to the Emirates and get something. I think Wolves are probably one of those sides that are better suited to away games than they are at home. And they did win the last time they visited the red half of North London. I like the double chance marker for this one. There's some value in Wolves or draw at 13 to 10. We know Arsenal don't score many goals and with the visitors not conceding many either, I think we could be in for a bit of a snooze fest here, I'm afraid. I must admit, double chance for Wolves did take my fancy. But Jamie, in terms of Bruno Large's men, will they be able to continue their decent form? The only blot on their recent copybook was their slender defeat to the Gunners. Well, I guess in terms of the stakes for European qualification, be that top four, top six, whatever the number is, there's going to be a lot riding on this encounter on Thursday. Yeah, for sure. I mean, look, Wolves have obviously been in very impressive form recently, as we just said. I think they've uh, you know, won five of the last six matches. They've, of course, won away at Spurs and Old Trafford as well. So I think that, that you definitely can't put, couldn't put it past them to go and win at the Emirates as well. So... I do really fancy Wolves to go and get something out of this, uh, this game. Of course, they did win this fixture last season. Um, they will, of course, have Pedro Neto back um, in the squad. So I think that, that will definitely be a big boost for them um, uh, at, at the Emirates. Um, of course, Arsenal, they do look kind of rejuvenated, obviously, after a very difficult January um, in which they failed to score. And I, I think they won just once. Um, they've, of course, now won the last two matches. But they are very heavily reliant on on kind of that front that front three, uh, just behind Lacazette. Um, you look at the options they have to come in. There's not real much chance for them to rotate. So I think that that could be an area for concern on on Thursday for them. Just a, a lack of rotation, um, having played you know having just played at the weekend. So um, yes, I, I I do fancy Wolves to actually go and get a result in this one. Well, I've got a theory that Wolves have got better since getting rid of Adama Traore. In that they're not telegraphing their use of raw pace how teams always used to lump it up to Peter Crouch because he was so tall when it becomes just a bit too this is what we're going to do now Wolves seem to be more balanced and I think although it's sometimes perverse that you lose a, a decent player your team gets better I do feel they're more rounded and they could be a good test for Arsenal and as I say there's a lot of stakes riding on that in terms of Europe and the same could be said when the Saturday schedule gets underway at Ellen Road because after the midweek action for both Leeds and Spurs we don't know the results just yet because we're recording at midday their turnaround of fixtures is rather quick. Now, James, it's almost double your money for a Spurs win on Saturday. Would you be putting a fiver on that? Yeah, I've got them down as even money to win this one as well. But do have a hard time backing Spurs at present. It'd be typical of them to go to Allen Road and not get anything after the, they beat Man City, of course. But what they have this week that they didn't have a fortnight ago is an inform Harry Kane. And with Leeds going 11 games without a clean sheet prior, of course, to the trip to Liverpool on Wednesday night. So it's likely to be 12 without a clean sheet. I think Spurs will be too strong in the end. It's probably not one I'd go out my way to back as a heavy single bet, but they certainly represent value in an accumulator for sure. Oh yeah, there's a lot of value there, but again, it's kind of buyer's remorse with Spurs, as we kind of alluded to, that they'll do the unthinkable and then fall short with the thinkable. So you kind of think, oh, there's probably better bets, but it's tempting at double your money. You think, why not? 
With that said, Jamie, Man City, they also play. Of course, they lost to Spurs at the weekend. And Liverpool are going to hope that their Merseyside cousins do them a massive favour. Then again, Man City, they're not just good. They're good like a wounded animal when they just lost. They're going to have a point to prove. And Everton might be the team that gets absolutely crushed at the weekend. So will there be another twist to the tail? Or will it go all City's way at Goodison? Yeah, I, I kind of think that maybe in a in a slightly slightly strange way, I think that win that defeat against Spurs may do them some good. I think you know you look how how far they've been ahead for for so long in the Premier League. I think there might be a slight bit of complacency from Pep Guardiola's side, but look, they're always a side that have bounced back from defeats, they've bounced back from poor results um, and come back even stronger. I think Gundogan after the game spoke about how you know a defeat could potentially be that real you know kind of that kick up the backside that they need to, to really go and kick on now and, and try to look where they need to improve. Um, again, you know, similar to similar to Chelsea with Lukaku, I think that that striker situation will occasionally let them down in the big moments. Of course, last you know, last season in the Champions League, we definitely saw that. I think if they'd had a number nine, I think they probably would have ended up beating Chelsea. But And then, of course, on Spurs, you know, a difficult game where they created a lot of chances. They just didn't quite have that guy to, to really put them in the back of the net. Maybe, you know, they should have gone a bit harder for Harry Kane in the summer. But um, yes, I, I do think that they'll bounce back with a victory on the weekend, especially if you look at um, Everton's form as well. I mean, um, Everton, they've, you know, they've lost nine of their last 12 league matches. They're 16th in the league. So I, I, I think Manchester City will, uh, will comfortably win this one on the weekend. Man City should win, they likely will win, but you do wonder if there's an Everton performance just lurking around the corner. They've been good at home under Frank, they've been really bad on the road, so if there's anything that can be done, it will happen at Goodison. But, you know, you're looking at Everton, they've reverted a type. There was a, almost a watershed moment with the win over Leeds. You thought, oh, actually, you know, this is them climbing up the table, it starts now under Frank, but it hasn't at all, it's gone backwards, and he was quite dishevelled in that post-match conference against Southampton on Saturday. And if they do get punished by City, it's only going to go from bad to worse. Bad to worse is what's happened to Brentford because they are now just one point from 21, which when you look at the Premier League streaks of wins, losses, draws and all of that, they're the team with the worst current streak at the moment. Seven matches without a win. It's looking quite bleak. Jamie's gone for a Newcastle win. I guess it's a must-win game for Brentford. James, what do you think will happen in West London? Well, I've been worrying about Brentford for a while. I mean, look, I've not been losing any sleep about them. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> That they do look like a side that are swimming against the current, shall we say, a little bit. The sharks beneath them just starting to circle around. It's certainly a must-not-lose territory for them, for sure. And it's also worth considering the fact that they've played at least twice more than all the teams below them in the table. So they're potentially in huge trouble if they don't pick up many points before the next international break. But the good news is that Ivan Tony is up and running again. He's scored in his last three games after going eight without a goal. But I do look around this side and wonder who else is going to chip in. You do wonder that, don't you? I mean, I wouldn't go as far as Tony is the talisman and it's a one-man club and all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, there are fears about Brentford. There's always a team that has a good start and you think, oh, actually, yeah, they're, they're plucky, they're holding their own in the top flight, but then the wheels start to fall off and the wheels are really off for Brentford at the moment. There are worse teams in the division in terms of points, but in terms of form, that's not the case. And we talk about trajectories and where they'll meet. And if Newcastle win at the weekend, they'll get very close to Brentford and... If that keeps continuing, the trend will be that they'll overtake each other. Now, Jamie, you're going to go to the Amex for me as Brighton players to Aston Villa. Both teams lost last weekend. Who, if anyone, will bounce back this Saturday? And what bets have taken your fancy? 
Yeah, I mean, look, Aston Villa have been a, a quite a strange one for me. I think they, they won three of their first five under Steven Gerrard. Um, and I really fancied them to kick on. I think as uh, Steven Gerrard's a manager that I, I do think so, I think is very good as well. Um, I think they've got a lot of decent players as well. You look at Ramsey, Mings, Martinez and Watkins, of course, I think is a great striker. But they, you know, recently they've just kind of been in, in, in slightly disappointing form. I think they've only won once in their last seven league matches that suffered six defeats under Steven Gerrard so they've been very disappointing I think it'll be huge for in terms of Brighton um, because they're going to have Lewis Dunk back he of course got uh, you know he missed the last match due to suspension they switched to a back four against uh, Burnley and you saw how they were kind of ripped apart they were just missing that leader they of course didn't have Kukurea and, and Lamptey I think they're very much out and out attacking fullback so I think they'll be able to switch to back to a more recognised back three so I think for Brighton, it definitely won't be the same case of they'll get uh, hammered on the weekend. But I'm actually going to go for a draw for this one. Um, I think these two sides, strangely enough, they've been in uh, Villa. They've been in poor away for very poor away from this season. They've lost 67% of their away matches this season. Whereas Brighton, they've also been poor at home. They've only won uh, just a quarter of their matches at the Amex in the league this season. Um, and actually, both teams have. Uh, uh, I think both. I think definitely as well. Both teams have, have, have sometimes struggled to score. Villa they've failed to score in over a third of their away matches, um, and Brighton have failed to score at home in, in nearly half their home ma- in ha- nearly half their uh, home matches. Um, so a, a goalish draw is actually eight to one, which I think is maybe a bit unlikely, but uh, definitely a, a draw between these two sides, given their form at home and away. I think uh, would be a good shout. Yeah, it's interesting for both teams because they both have ambitions of being at least a top-half club. Maybe Villa have loftier ambitions in terms of getting to Europe, but neither team's really sort of breaking that glass ceiling. You know, Brighton were sort of whispering about a European conversation, but they've lost two in a row. Villa haven't won any in three. They've only won one in six, so it's going sort of not great for them. And then we talk about the relegation trapdoor coming to the rearview mirror. I don't think it's going to concern Brighton, but Villa need to arrest that slide. And also they need to... A rest of slide just for their own progress. But James, after being in West London, you're going to take a tube across the capital to Selhurst Park as well. Crystal Palace play host to Burnley. I've put Burnley as my long shot of the week. As I say, concerns for Patrick Vieira's men as of late. They may get worse if Sean Dyche's men lead his charges to victory. What's the tale of the tape there? Well, these two played out a very un-Burnley v Crystal Palace-like three-all draw at Turf Moor in the reverse. But... Before that, this was a rather dull fixture historically, with seven of the previous eight games seeing only one side score. But Burnley is certainly the value bet, they're 3-1 to one to win in South London, and I certainly wouldn't be opposed to backing it, seeing as they've won on the last two trips to Palace without even conceding a goal. And having picked up a handy win at Brighton as well last week, they look a very tempting proposition this weekend. And Jamie, you're somehow going to defy time and space by also being in Manchester United at the same time as Brighton. So a big win for the Red Devils last Sunday. Will it be more of the same this time around? Yeah, of course, they, they do look like they're starting to find their feet um, at the moment. Of course, they've won four of their last five matches. Um, so they're definitely coming into form again, of course, to get four goals. I think Ellen Road was, was definitely a good result for them. Um, as I said, their, their form in front of goals definitely improving as well. We, of course, saw Cristiano Ronaldo, um, uh, I think, in his in his game against Brighton. He ended that long wait for a goal. So um, I, I think that um, I think they're just in such good form at the moment, Manchester United. You know, Watford, yes, they did manage to get their, their first win in a while. Um, but I think Manchester United, their form is just too strong. And of course, with the game being at Old Trafford, uh, I only see this going one way. And I think Manchester United should just about get the job comfortably done um, on, on the weekend. 
Yeah, I'd have to agree. I think maybe both teams to score at a roughly evens might be a decent bet. It's not the worst bet you'll ever place. United, obviously, I'm beating in six in the Premier League. There's a lot of noise coming out of the club. He said that, leaks, counter-rumour, rumour, what have you. Sometimes you just need to focus on the football. And by focusing on the football, United are doing what they need to do. And they're also in the box seat in terms of the race for the top four. They had a win last weekend. West Ham dropped points. West Ham also just won two in six. So you're sort of thinking, are they hitting the skids at just the wrong time? Perhaps, but we spoke about the top four market at length last week and Man United have hit that other gear. Right, before we move on, I'd like a correct score again from you both. Anywhere in the world, once again, help yourselves. So James, I'll start with you. Where would you like to place your bet this weekend? Okay, I'm heading for the Carabao Cup final. I'm going to go for a dual nil-nil draw between Chelsea and Liverpool. Chelsea, hardly great entertainers. Liverpool have injuries up top. And yeah, I can just see this being a pretty cage game of football. So the goalless draw for me is 17-2. to Big shout. Our first ever correct score goalless draw. Jamie, what have you got? Yes, uh, so I've gone to the Bundesliga and I'm going for Bayern to beat uh, Frankfurt 3-1. Uh, Bayern, they've been incredible goal-scoring uh, form this season. They've scored 74 goals in 23 league matches. So, just exceptional form. Lewandowski, of course, up front. Um, he's got four goals in his last two matches. Uh, he got two on the weekends. Um, however, they are also kind of prone to conceding goals. They conceded four against VFL Bochum. Uh, they conceded once against Firth on the weekend. And they also conceded twice against Leipzig. So, they are definitely a side that have been weak defensively at, at times this season. So, I think they'll concede one, but... I think they'll get end up getting the job done comfortably in, in a 3-1 win. Well, Bayern, obviously, the sound of coupons being busted across Europe last week when they drew with Red Bull Salzburg, that tie is in the balance. They'll probably kick on in the second leg. But as you say, quite rightly, Jamie, they are susceptible to the odd goal. So 3-1 is not a bad shout at all. Staying in Europe now, because we're back to Thursday night football and the second legs of those Europa League and Europa Conference League knockout phase playoff ties. And I think it's safe to say that all eyes will be on Ibrox this Thursday night, because James, with Rangers being 4-2 up, is there any value in backing Borussia Dortmund to qualify, especially as last week we discussed that they were actually, at the time, I don't know if they still are, favourites to win the tournament outright? Well, you'd have to say yes, because if any side can go and score four goals away from home in a second leg, then it's got to be Borussia Dortmund. They've scored at least three times in each of the last three away games as well, and if they can bag first in Glasgow on Thursday, then you have to give them a chance. Dortmund, just a shade odds on at 5-6 to six to win in 90 minutes, which when you consider the state of play, I think that's a pretty brilliant price, really. And to qualify, they're 5-2, to two, so there's plenty of potential to clean up if Dortmund shows what they're really about on Thursday. Well, Jamie, there's no doubt that Rangers gave a stunning performance in Germany last weekend. Absolutely mesmerising, really. But how important will Dortmund's late consolation goal be on Thursday? Has it stopped the tie from being a foregone conclusion? Um, I, I think so. Um, I mean, look, Borussia Dortmund, they took their frustrations out on Mönchengladbach on, on Sunday. They won 6-0. Um, so they, they're a side that Dortmund have certainly got plenty of goals in them. I mean, in their last four league matches, they've scored 17 times. So they're definitely not short of a goal. So there's definitely potential for somewhat of a comeback. But uh, I think the big blow will be no Erling Haaland again. He's, he, he hasn't travelled to Ibrox. So I think that that will be a, a definitely a big blow for, for Dortmund's hopes of, of trying to overturn a two-goal lead. So uh, I, I think Rangers, especially, you know, European night at, at uh, Ibrox, such a big game against Borussia Dortmund in, in the Europa League. Uh, I, I do actually think Rangers will end up getting the job done and will we'll go through to the next round. Yeah, I've got a funny feeling they will. But... James, in terms of the away goals rule, let's assume it was last season, Rangers win 4-2, Dortmund would have to win 3-0 to 
to advance or some other combination higher than that. However, we're now looking at a potentially ludicrous scenario where Rangers could score four goals away from home in the first leg and still crash out. Is that right with you? Uh, yeah, I suppose so. I don't particularly mind the rule change, for honesty. Original rule has served its purpose for me. It's got teams playing much more expansively away from home, and I think it also ensures that, you know, barring complete thrashings, that games remain open across the whole 180 minutes. You know, we've seen it way too many times down the years with teams winning the first leg at home 1 0 and then going 1 0 up away from home in the second leg and leaving the host needing to score three, which does tend to kill the game off as a spectacle. So, you know, I'm, I'm certainly pro camp on it when it comes to the rule change. That's fair enough. I guess we're backed up by, what, 50-odd years of European football history, maybe even more in terms of the away goals rule. So you can't really then say after a handful of knockout matches that it's the definitive correct answer. Give it a few more seasons and, like many things, we'll probably forget the, the old rules even in place and it'll just be embraced as Monday football and life goes on. But life goes on also, Jamie, in the Scottish Premiership because although Rangers were flying high in Germany, they were brought down to the earth by Dundee United at the weekend, and now the balance of power is really shifting towards Celtic. They're three points clear mm. in the battle for top honours. So the latest odds in our Scottish Premiership outright market is Big Angie's boys, that being Celtic if you don't know, 4-11 to 11 on. Rangers the opposite, 11-4. to 4. So it's getting even more difficult to make a domestic case against the Hoops. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think on the weekend, though, both teams did show that there's definitely um, something in playing Thursday and Sunday. Of course, we've seen that a lot of times with, with these Premier League teams as well when they played in, you know, under the Europa, Europa League or the Europa League Conference League. They then struggled on the weekend and both sides did, uh, of course, struggle on the weekend. Rangers, of course, drawing. Celtic, they only managed to beat Dundee, who are bottom of the uh, Scottish Premier League late on. They won 3-2. So there's definitely kind of... I think if one side does go further than the other in, 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 uh, in Europe this season, I think that that will definitely benefit the team that isn't in European competition. Um, because as I said, they, they both seem to kind of struggle to, to juggle playing Thursday and, and Sunday. So that will definitely be an interesting kind of caveat in, in that title race. But as we said, I mean, Celtic, they've just been in fantastic form um, recently. They've won, you know, they've won all of their last five matches and they're on a very long winning streak as well. So... I think that they will eventually get the job done. I think they've just got too much quality in, in the league at the moment. So, uh, yes, I, I do think that Celtic will go on to get the job done in, in, uh, and win the Scottish Premier League. Talking of that league, last week we spoke about the Aberdeen vacancy. It went to Jim Goodwin, the excellent mirror manager. A little bit of a surprise. Not sure if anyone backed that, but if you did, you'd have been quids in. And James Celtic will hope they'll be quids in on Thursday also. We spoke about no away goals rule perhaps hampering Rangers, it might benefit Celtic because they lost 3-1 at home in the first leg. So can they reverse that one? Uh, I think they're going to struggle, to be honest. They can see plenty of goals on the road in Europe. And while I can see them scoring, I think Celtic will get punished as they go a bit gung-ho and attack in search for that second or third goal. Both teams scoring surely an absolute banker at about 1-2. to two. It's also worth bearing in mind that Bodo Glimpse unbeaten in 15 games at home. So I think the Norwegians will safely make it through at the expense of Celtic here. Well, Bodo, no slouches, are they? They've beaten Roma, we all know that. Quite a remarkable victory. So they're there on merit and they were more than a handful for Celtic as the result reflected. But Jamie, in terms of the actual night of football on Thursday, to qualify might be too big an ask. Can they get anything on the night? Would you make them favourites there? Um, yes, look, I, I think, look, Bodo, they've, of course, they've, they've caused a couple of upsets in the competition this season. They, of course, managed to get that big win over, over Roma. So they'll definitely be kind of um, interesting to see if they can get the job done. But as I said, I think Celtic, they are starting to look really good. Um, uh, yeah, they're certainly you know, coming into really good form. So 
I think that they'll kind of overturn the deficit and I think they'll get the job done um, on Thursday. Right, let's take a quick jet to Italy now. And in the first leg between Barcelona and Napoli, it was a stalemate. And that means it's all to play for at the Diego Armando Maradona Stadium this Thursday night. So the big question here, James, who comes out on top and who advances to the next round? Well, I watched Napoli on Monday night at Cagliari and they were absolutely terrible. And with Barcelona hammering Valencia the day before, it's hard to turn down the Blaugrana in this one. I'd certainly have Barca or draw, double chance and an acre of some sort at around 1-2, to two, but... I think it could well be a tense one that goes to extra time. Barca are in pretty good form away from home, while Napoli have been pretty strong in Naples in recent weeks. So the score draw for the second time in a week looks like a decent play to me at 7-2. to two. Yeah, I plumped for a draw last week. Got that one right. I'm going to go for a Barcelona away win just to make things more interesting. I think they've just found their groove under Xavi. You know, they could win this tournament quite easily. They're kind of I was looking a lot more balanced, a lot more settled under the new boss. The new signings have integrated well. I know Danny Alves was also signed, but he won't be a part of this squad because he's kind of the odd man out in their four new signings. You can only register three, but the three they have registered do look a handful, and I think they're going to be too much for Napoli come Thursday night. And Jamie, let's stay in Italy. Let's go from Naples to Rome. Lazio versus Porto. That's another interesting clash on the horizon. It's a 2-1 lead for the Portuguese outfit. How do you see this one panning out? Yep, uh, I've been really impressed by Porto kind of in, in Europe this season. I know they just missed out on, on uh, going through in the Champions League, but they were in a very difficult group with Liverpool and Atletico and AC Milan. Um, they did manage to get results at the San Siro and uh, the Wanda Metropolitano in the, in the Champions League. So um, I think they've been, you know, and, and domestically, they've also been really strong. They're well top of the, the Portuguese league. Um, you know, so I think they're they're in good form at the moment. Uh, Lazio, they only managed to get a draw with Udinese on the weekend as well. So maybe they're not in such great form um, under Maurizio Sarri. So I I think Porto will uh, will go to will go to Italy in, in, in full confidence. And uh, I think you know they're leading two one, and uh, I think they'll get the job done there. Yeah, I think you're right on that front. Also, Sevilla, they have almost got the job done against Dinamo Zagreb. We mentioned them last week. They are perennial people in this competition, aren't they, Sevilla? They just almost have their own sort of to- uh, trophy for themselves. So I'd be very surprised if that's collapsed for them in the second leg. Leicester, they had a good win in their playoff first leg against Randers of Denmark. The job is almost done, bar a massive collapse, but we do know that Leicester are good for a defensive collapse, as we saw against Nottingham Forest recently. So that's not quite over the line. That's going to be interesting, but wherever your football goes or wherever your betting fancy goes, Check out freebets.com for all the best insights and betting tips ahead of Thursday night and the weekend's football action. Right, our final bit of business before we log off for this week is our odds on threefold, where we'll pick a leg each and combine it into an acre. Let's try and go for bets once again of over one to two at its lowest and evens at its highest. And let's see if we can get a combined winner over the line. So I'm going to start with Jamie this week. Jamie, what have you got for me in terms of your odds on acre? Yep, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna back my own team this week. I'm gonna go for Tottenham to beat Leeds uh, at uh, 19 to 20. Uh, I think that obviously Leeds, they have, of course, lost their last two. They've now lost three of their last four as well. So they're in obviously a difficult patch. Spurs. I do hope now that kind of that Man City win will be the moment that we really kick on um, under under Conte. Um, and of course, as as James mentioned earlier, you know Harry Kane was fantastic on the weekend and. Uh, I think that that will be kind of the game that he needs to, to really kick on now. And, uh, of course, he's now up to seven league goals. And uh, I'm definitely back in this week, of course. You know, got to go to Burnley as well. So 
I think he'll definitely add to his, his tally this week. Um, and, and I think he'll definitely do that at Leeds. And uh, I've gone, yes, yeah, so Spurs to beat Leeds. Well, if Spurs could get nine away points from nine in a week, that would be amazing. And he just kind of hoped with Spurs that it's not a case, again, of one step forward, two steps back. We've had the step forwards last Saturday. Who knows what happened at Burnley? But if we win that one, it's a platform and we can kick on. And he just hoped that momentum is starting to build after what was a difficult middle of, fe- middle of February. But enough about Spurs. Let's go to James now. James, what have you got for me, my friend? OK, I'm probably going to have to turn in my Derby County fan membership because my leg is down in the Championship and I'm going to go for Nottingham Forest to beat Bristol City at home. The Robins are in dreadful form away from home, having not won in 10 on the road. They're conceding bucket loads as well. I think it's 27 goals conceded in those 10 away games. Well, Forest have lost just once to the City Grand since October and they're available to a pretty generous 4-5 to five to win this one. I like it. It's a good price. I'm going to go to Friday Night Football and Southampton. Now, listeners, don't think that we left you out. Southampton, Norwich, there was method to my madness because we're going to talk about it now very quickly. Southampton, they're 1-2 to two on to beat Norwich. The Saints have got 8 points and 12. They could be ninth if they beat Norwich on Friday, albeit temporarily if Brighton win their game. But they're, they're upperly mobile, as we sort of said earlier. They are doing good things. And you never know, if these good things keep happening, Ralph Hasenhutl could even be May United manager next season. You just don't know, do you? They're kind of going in the right direction. And I think they're going to be too much for Norwich. Norwich conceded seven across two matches in the last two weekends. Admittedly, they were the two toughest matches you could ever play in the Premier League. So you wonder, has confidence taken a knock? No, they did take the lead at Anfield, but they still shipped three. They're going to be a bit deflated. Dean Smith's going to have a big ask to pump them back up for this trip to St Mary's. They're bottom of the table as well. I just don't think it bodes well for Friday night. And for that reason, I'm going to go for Southampton to win at home at odds of 1-2. to two. Right, that does bring us to full time now, so I just need to do the admin before we wrap up. And as mentioned before, if any of our bets take your fancy, make sure to visit the free bets website. And now, I just need to thank my duo of top guests. So James, thanks for joining me this afternoon. I hope you enjoyed that one. Pleasure as always. Cheers, Dan. And Jamie, thanks for your time and sharing your betting insights with me. Thanks for having me, Dan. Cheers, guys, and also to listeners out there. And with that said, it just leaves me to say that my name's Dan Tracy. This is the Odds On Podcast. And until next time, goodbye. 